This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I'm going to be discussing the decisions that go behind deciding to commit and some of the questions that go on when we are wanting to commit to something. We live in a time with a lot more freedoms when it comes to lifestyle choices, financially, even relationships. There's a lot more options and there can be a lot of temptations as well. I think even when it comes to so many different types of options we can choose from, it can make it really difficult to choose one thing or not think that the next best thing isn't out there when it comes to all these areas of our life. Now, there is a lot of a benefit to commitment and, you know, we have to trust that who we're committing to, what we're committing to is worth it. And there are a lot of sometimes questions around that. This can be really difficult feelings to process and it can be difficult to also be objective about these things. Now, there's less panic around settling, I think, or staying stuck in one sort of path. I feel like people are much more open to um, people having different lifestyle choices, living in such a way where they are open to change. I feel like people are more open-minded about living in different ways in general as well. It's not as frowned upon. And even just to give an example about that, I mean, people are not getting married as young. Some people are waiting longer. The divorce rate is actually really, really high. So people are having less of a stigma around divorce. Um, People are changing their diets and their exercise regimes and, you know, their style choices. All these different things are really fluid at this point and, There is a lot more experimenting going on within these realms, but it does disrupt the social standards that have been in place for a very long time. Some people still do very much stick to that, and there is also a very liberal movement of a lot of different things going on, which can make it a little bit more difficult to nail down a decision and stick with it long term. There are a lot of different options and this can make it very difficult to choose. So going through some of the questions I'm about to ask can help you really decide whether you're ready to commit. And I'm going to be looking at these questions from an a lens of you know whether you're interested in a relationship, whether you're interested to commit to a new diet or lifestyle practice, whether you're interested to Um, just commit to anything in your life, really. I'm going to try to keep that pretty open so that these questions are applicable to a lot of different things. So I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is, are you actually ready to do whatever you're going to do? Taking this from a stance of dietary, are you know, a lot, being that I've been vegan for 10 years, It was a commitment that I made that I did a lot of research beforehand and continue to do a lot of research as I am in this lifestyle and pursuing this. It is something that I have devoted a lot of time to. And at the time, the benefits absolutely outweighed 
the, any type of disadvantages or any type of issues of making it work, f- sourcing produce, finding the um, things that would help me meet the needs that I was wanting to meet. And that was worth it. And I was ready at that time. And it was a good decision for me. But when we look at other decisions in our life, it's like if you're not fully ready to commit to something, it could be really damaging because oftentimes people get very hard on themselves if they don't get through to completion with a goal, if they aren't able to get something done and then they can end up making it a lot worse if that goal isn't totally done. So are you wanting to make more subtle changes before you commit to that major change and how can you do that? Maybe you need to reevaluate whatever that is before you fully commit. I think it's very important to do a lot of research about whatever topic you're wanting to get into, whether you're in a relationship, really get to know the person, whether you are wanting to change an aspect of your lifestyle, really research it through and through. Are you going to want to do everything that it takes to make it work? Also, you want to look at it from the perspective of what work have you done on yourself and what are you going to do to make it work? Now, this can go any which way. Let's say you're committing to be a part of a specific team for something and you really need to be committed to supporting one another in that team. Have you done the training necessary? Let's say you're a part of a soccer team, right? So have you done the training necessary to make sure you're holding up your end of the bargain that you're actually going to be a team player? Are you willing to continue growing? If it's a relationship, have you done the necessary work to heal your past traumas and issues before you get into a relationship and potentially project that onto another person? Are you aware of those things? Um... If it's a ballroom dance partnership, have you done your necessary training before engaging with this other person? And are you guys at the same level? Are you able to grow together? That type of thing. You know, there are not quick fixes to these issues. And I think what habits are you putting in place that you'll be able to sustain long term or short term? You know, whatever you're looking for, if you want a short term situation, then it's probably going to have a limited amount of excitement and you'll get the results of that, but it's not going to last. And you can look at that when people do quick fixes with diet change. Do they just want a quick fix? Do they just want to try to lose weight or do something? There are potential issues that can come of that. You can injure your body by over-exercising and all of a sudden pull something and then you're having an injury for a while, you can go way too hard with restricting way too much um, in your diet and then it can make you um, feel like you need to overcompensate with calories and eat like all this food that you normally wouldn't have ever done before and then you actually get set back so much further than where you began this doesn't happen for everybody, but it does happen for some people. And it's just important to keep into consideration. Or would you rather take an approach of like, okay, this might take three to six months, maybe a couple of years for me to really get the results that I want, but I'm willing to commit to it because I know that it will last long term and I'm interested in building lifestyle habits or building something actually real with another person so that it will last long term. And It can be really exciting to commit to something right away, 
But even with any type of change that you make, there are going to be ups and downs. It's easy when it's a sunny sky outside and you have access to whatever you need and there's no issues going on, but it's during those times where it's rough, where you're limited on time, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're in a higher stress situation where you're going to be compromised and you might be in more of like a low functioning state and those are the times where you have to push through and be like, okay, am I being tempted or am I going to stick with what I actually wanted to initially begin with? And is this worth it for me or do I need to make a course correction and actually modify some things? Now, the just like any good relationship, anything that is going to prosper long-term and and sustain long-term, you have to make continuous investments, whether this is in a relationship, dietary, you can't just eat like good one day out of the week and then expect to like feel great and be functioning really in a good place. That's not likely. If you're eating consistently well, you're going to feel better. If you're exercising regularly, you're going to feel better. You have to make continuous investments into these lifestyle choices, whether it's your job, your financial situation, you want to make those investments. And it takes a devotion to that. You know, forever doesn't happen immediately, so expecting immediate and really intense results is not very likely. And I think it's really important to have a realistic mindset about that so that you can be open to all of the things that come along with the process of growing and approaching that change in a really steady, sustainable way. Now, another thing that can happen is baggage. When you're trying to make changes in your life, sometimes people can come across baggage and old things that have happened in their life and maybe issues that they haven't healed. If you're trying to make a dietary change, you know, I've seen this a lot in the vegan community where people that have a past from eating disorders, a lot of specifically women that have a background in anorexia and bulimia or body dysmorphia, come to the vegan lifestyle because they're like, oh, I can eat as much as I want to and I'm not going to gain weight and I can eat a really low fat diet and I'm just going to, you know, be able to digest everything out this type of mindset, or they'll be like, oh, this is the purest diet and I can even eat really limited amounts of these foods and um, stay really skinny or whatever if this is their, where their head is at. And for me, I know that there have been people that have used a vegan lifestyle and gotten over their eating disorder issues on a vegan diet. Um, however, I think it is just maybe you need to heal your eating disorder before coming to a vegan diet or whatever diet you want. Um, because if your mindset is still in that place, it's not going to work for you. You are going to end up injuring your health and it's not the lifestyle that's the problem. Like the harsh reality is that it is you and it is your mindset and it is how you're approaching it. Or maybe you're not getting information from the correct people. Um, you're not going to benefit from everything that you know, for example, the vegan lifestyle has to offer and all the abundance of variety and nutrition and, um, you know, incredible things, you're not going to benefit from that if you're still stuck in a mentality where you cannot eat certain things or you're only allowed to eat a certain amount of calories or you can't eat fats or you can't eat this or that or whatever. 
if you have an open-minded perspective about it and you're eating for nourishment, you're eating for your health, you're eating to sustain long-term health, and you are also incorporating other lifestyle factors to take care of your health and not relying on one single variable to do that, I feel like that's very, very important because some people can even come to a particular diet or a particular exercise regime or whatever it is and think that that's just going to magically solve every single problem that they have and that mentally, emotionally, physically, they are just going to be completely healed of anything that they've ever had in their life and life is going to be like utopia. And that's not the case. Um, It takes a lot of different things to make it work. It takes a lot of energy and investment into, you know, if you are dealing with mental health issues, you need to work on those things. If you are dealing with dietary issues, you need to work on those things. A lot of the things start in the mind, so it's so important to be really honest with yourself. When it comes to even relationships, a new romance can be really, really exciting And a new romance with a different change in your life can be really exciting initially, but really facing those different challenges that come down the line as they will. I mean, that should be expected that there will be challenges. It is really important to brace yourself knowing, okay, I am willing to really commit to this and whatever it is going to yield me as far as results is worth it in the long term. So I'm going to do what it takes and get through this and do whatever type of critical thinking, conflict resolution, adapting, ending whatever I need to end in order to make this work. That's what you have to be committed to do. And I think I would search your mind for different scenarios that you're like, wow, if I was in this situation or that situation, how would I handle this? And that's where we can really learn from other people in our life. And um, be open-minded to potentially something happening. You know, I think for me initially when I began my yoga practice, it was very different than five years after, seven years after, nine years after I began. When I initially began, I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like I really wanted to get into it. I was motivated to practice every single day and... I was seeing how my body was changing and it was difficult because my body wasn't used to it. My body wasn't open and it was difficult to balance and and really kind of get my mental state under control in a sense or like have a lot of influence over that because, you know, when you begin a meditative practice, your mind's going to be all over the place. But as you gain more influence over your meditative practice, you're able to keep your thoughts kind of in check and stay in more of a balanced state more easily. So that was something that I was like, you know what, this is not the easiest. Yes, I'm sore. Yes, I'm challenged. Yes, I'm fatigued a little bit, but I want to commit to this and stick with it long term because the results of what I'm feeling, I want to know what that's going to feel like long term for my health. Like that benefit is really, really worth it to me. So But it was difficult. You know, there were times where I would be practicing every single day for six month stretches or I would commit to doing, you know, two classes a day for an entire week or, you know, I know people have done far more than that. But like the classes I was doing was um, an hour and a half to two hours. So, I mean, it's it's a lot, you know, but um, it was worth it for me at the time and it allowed me to progress really quickly Um, Given that I already had a background where I had a lot of ability to tune in with my body, 
so that was worth it for me and there were times it was definitely difficult though there were many instances where I was doing a 30 or 60 day challenge of practicing every single day where that's when it really became difficult when you are underslept or you've been traveling or maybe you didn't eat enough or maybe you were conditioning or doing a a different type of exercise the day before or you have a ton of stuff going on in your schedule and you still have to commit to getting that class in. So, I mean, it definitely pushes you. Those are the challenging times where you're like, okay, I still have to just mind over the matter, get in there, get it done and get all this other stuff done. And it kind of helps you cut all of the excess out of your life because you just have to simplify in order to fit it in because it is a pretty like, you know, huge time commitment. Um, But it is very rewarding for people that want that type of investment and they want the to yield the results of that type of investment. And I think although it is really honorable to have really high standards and really push yourself and and be like okay, you know, you shouldn't be pushing for perfection in these things. I think there should be an enjoyment of the learning process and an enjoyment of the growth process that should not get lost in the decision to commit and to grow with something. So um, it's, if it's better to heal whatever you need to prior, like for example, if I had injuries and I was going into the yoga room and trying to train on injuries and stuff, that would not be a good idea. I would need to heal the injury first before I'm doing all this physical exercise because I'm not going to get all the benefits. I'm going to be worried about, am I hurting myself more? Am I, you know, you know, dealing with all this stuff or even if someone is, is dealing with mental health issues, it's like, Yes, meditating will absolutely help, but there may be other things that are going on that need addressing beyond meditation um, because you're not going to be even getting the full benefits of your meditation if you're not taking care of some of those really deep underlying issues that have been bothering you for a long time that you're not able to grasp and handle on your own. You may need to talk to someone about that or you may need to find a different way to deal with it. Everybody's different. There's a lot of different ways and options to handle different situations. And with those options, there can be a lot of different paths taken. I think just research the path that you want to go down and see what will fit best for you. That way you can make the course corrections being informed ahead of time. So you know, let's say you're going down a hiking trail and there's a bunch of different forks in the road and certain ones will lead you towards more advanced paths. Some of them are going to lead you straight back to where you came from, whatever it is. You might initially be like, okay, I don't, I've never done this hiking path before. I'm going to head up and I'm going to do this maybe advanced section of it. If I can't handle it, maybe I can do this part of it and then head down or if it's way too challenging, I know a path out. You know, I think be aware of those different approaches as well so that you don't feel like you failed. You feel like you still got something done. And I think that really is a mindset approach because we can make decisions to commit to things and then it doesn't end up the way we thought it was going to. But being hard on yourself as if you like failed completely just because you didn't do it how you initially thought it was going to happen really is not the best way to roll because 
the truth of the matter is there's a lot of things that happen in life that we have little to no control over and you can't always predict these variables that are going to pop up as much as you try to prepare for it. And I think it's just doing the best that you possibly can and thinking progress over perfection and enjoying that process. Now, another issue can be um, growing from the past experiences. You know, if you have these things that are baggage from your past, there's a way to process it, forgive whoever you need to forgive, learn from these things, and grow from the past experiences. That way they don't kind of infiltrate into other areas of this commitment process that you're getting into. Let's say you were in a past relationship where someone was super disrespectful to you or cheated on you or was abusive to you, X, Y, and Z. That can make you maybe not trust the person that you're with, but you have to be understanding that this person isn't that person that you were with. And can you heal those past issues that you had and realize that this person may really care about you and doesn't want to treat you like that and communicate with them so that you guys are on the same page about that as far as what your own um, kind of issues are behind things and how you're working through them. So it can be a really positive thing if you allow that to happen. And I did an episode on that about making peace with your past a while ago, which you guys can listen to if you want more on that. Now, Understanding what commitment requires is another piece of that puzzle. Committing too early to something can really lead to a lot of resentment and disordered behavior. If you're not really ready to do something and you jump into it and you're like, oh my God, this is like a huge strain. I mean, it's like picking up like a 400 pound weight when you've never even weight lifted before. It's like maybe you should start with something a little bit lighter or else you're really going to hurt yourself because the process of change doesn't need to feel like that and you're not better off. Like I feel like sometimes people feel like and I've had times in my past where it's kind of gotten to this point too and I really question it like why am I doing this? (laughs) Like there is always a necessary struggle for any kind of change. I think you are going to face some type of a struggle and some type of slight discomfort at the very least where you're like, oh, like, I really want to go back to doing what I used to do because that's comfortable. I know what the results are from doing that. And I'm not going to have as much, you know, concerns or whatever. But you're also going to be getting those results that you used to get. So to make the change, it's like, yeah, you might have to go down a totally different path and it's not going to be comfortable. You don't know where it's going to lead. But it's going to be a path that is a little more challenging. And the thing is, is it's like you don't want to stay stuck on the path of least resistance because it's not really going to get you where you need to go. A really important um, painting that I remember studying in high school was of a painting and there was a knight in the middle of the painting and he had two paths that he could choose. One was paved and it was really smooth and really nice But it led to the edge of a cliff, and it was nice. It was a straight path, and then it had a circle at the end. So you could walk down that path and walk in circles and circles and circles. You know, (sighs) there was nowhere else to go from there, but it was not difficult. And then the other path on his left-hand side, 
was jagged. It was rocky. It was rough, unpaved ups and downs and swerves and all kinds of stuff. But there was a castle at the top of that hill and then a lookout point in a beautiful view. It's like, which one are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the path of least resistance and stay stuck where you are? Or are you willing to go through the necessary challenges to get to the results that you want? Now, does that mean that he needs to like sprint up that thing? Like, what do they call it? Spartan warrior style where you're just like crawling up there and you're like, you know, go in full ham. No, you can take it step by step. You can be slow, methodical and approach it in such a way where you're taking it day by day. You're taking it bite by bite. You're taking it step by step. And eventually you get to that place and you realize you don't need to be the hare. You can be the tortoise because if you are the hare, then you're going to maybe burn out and not get where you need to go and end up somewhere random, which isn't even where you want to go to begin with. So the commitment to take the path of least resistance does require some things. And if you require if you maybe you need to spend some time on the path of least resistance just to get your legs moving and build up a little bit of stamina before you really go down and decide that that's what you want to do is the harder path long term you know when it comes to again like new romance it doesn't always last even though it can be incorporated and returned to you know maybe you guys will go back to that place where you had your first date maybe you guys will you know, incorporate the songs or the little, you know, treats or the little gifts or whatever into your daily lifestyle. And that can become something where that little romance continues, whatever you choose to do from time to time Um, or every day, whatever you want to do. Like, it can be really uncomfortable when suppressed things start to come to the surface. This can come to the surface with healing. I know when people are doing any type of detoxification process or they're making a change in their diet where they're having cravings for things that they used to have and they no longer have them and those things are exiting out through their body and their body's craving it. And that can be a really, really uncomfortable process where you're like, oh, like you have these impulses that you just want to go do this stuff, but then you're on a different path now. So that's not something you're going to entertain. That temptation can be really difficult when you're in a pattern of maybe serial dating, serial dieting, going around and doing all this kind of different stuff. This can make it more difficult to really nail something down and choose it and stick with it throughout the challenges. When those suppressed things come up, it's important to not run from them. It's important to have a modality in place to process them. For example, if you're having a craving for maybe even cheating on the person that you're with, be like, wow, is this karma that I want to bring on myself? Is this something that I would want done to me? Do I have the means to have a clear communication with this person? Am I able to really get to the root of why am I wanting to cheat on my partner? Do I have some underlying need that's not getting met that I can communicate? What am I being triggered by? Am I not receiving enough attention? Am I not receiving enough of this, that, or the other? Is there a different thing that I can do with my energy so that this is not an 
is not a process that's going to hurt another person. Maybe that relationship's not right for you and maybe you do need to make a change, but are you going to engage in that? Not only hurt yourself, but everybody involved. Is that worth it? Is that something, a decision that you really want to make? Processing those suppressed emotions, letting them come to the surface for healing is so important. And I feel like that's really where taking an objective, slowed down approach and not making impulsive decisions in those times where you are a little bit more stressed out, low functioning external environment factors are affecting you more intensely than other times. Those are processes where you can really grow from those experiences rather than those experiences getting the most out of you. And then having to live with those consequences. Be honest about what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. You know, maybe you want to approach... um you're like, wow, like I really enjoy doing spin classes and I really want to do this on a consistent basis. It's not something I can commit to every single day, but maybe I can do it once a week. Whereas one person might be like, I want to do it three to five times a week. Another person might want to do it every single day. Are you a less of a person because you're not going to do it as much as another person? No, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. But maybe you can put other things in place and be like, you know what, as much as I would love to do that, it doesn't make sense for me right now. I'm going to stick to what I'm doing and maybe I'll go for a walk or a hike or I'll do some other type of fitness activity other days of the week. That way I'm still feeling really energized and like I'm moving my body and good about myself. You know, I'm still a functioning human being, still taking care of myself and I still get to enjoy this activity. It's just at my pace and that's right for me and I'm good with that and I don't really care what anybody else is doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um whatever you're at, like that's fine. You know, I tell my students that in my class too when we're stretching or if I'm working with students that I've never worked before or students that might be at a little bit more of a beginning level or they might be older in high school and they might be taking their first dance class and they don't have the flexibility of a dancer that's been dancing since they were three years old for like 10 years, you know? So I tell them, you know, how it's going to look on me and maybe around what some of the other dancers around you are going to be doing. It might look really different on your body versus what I'm doing, but you shouldn't think that you need to look like what I need, what I'm doing. You don't need to look like me today. This is after years and years and years. So you need to respect your body and not push yourself to a level where you're uncomfortable and causing sharp pain anywhere in your body or so much strain that you're not able to control your breathing patterns. You know, you just go to whatever depth you need to and that's fine for you today. And oftentimes even just saying that brings them to a place of like, oh, that's actually okay. I don't need to be forcing myself to do this like crazy whatever. <laughs> like, and it might not even be that crazy of a stretch, but if you've never done it before, it could seem like really, really out there. And if you guys have ever seen any of the stretches or the yoga postures that I've done, you know, for some people, that's like a little bit extreme. Um, but at the same time, that's after literally thousands of hours of training. So, you know, anything that you do for that amount of time is like you're going to yield different results. 
So um, it's just important to take that into consideration. Your pace is perfect for where you're at right now. You don't need to compare that to anybody else. And you are capable of committing to whatever you need to commit to. One person's level of commitment and their personal goals for their life are theirs. And you are entitled to create your own. And whatever, it doesn't mean that one person's is better or right or wrong or any of this. Does it make sense for you? Are you able to commit to that and be consistent with it? And is it actually something that's going to help you progress long term? Because these commitments should not turn into a source of self-deprecation. You don't want to be setting yourself up for failure just so you can collapse and go back into old habits and even have an excuse to do that. Because that can happen sometimes for people as well. Be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, like literally just eat like a cucumber a day or like crazy stuff. It's just like no one should ever do that for any reason at all. You know, and then it's just like, oh, well, like I'm having hunger. So that might that must mean there's something wrong with me. You know, I need to really emotionally control this. Like, no, it's like you're hungry and you need to eat more food. Like you're not crazy. You need to like eat a sustainable amount of calories and then maybe work on the other issues that you have with someone who can actually help you process that. I really don't believe that in like using one modality to like heal all these other things that really could benefit from other really um, practiced, tried and true methods of handling things. I've seen people in the past that claim to do certain types of fasting for emotional wellness. I think that that's very, very dangerous for people's health. And I actually really don't agree with that being promoted personally. I think that that's a very individual decision. I would never personally choose to put my body through that. I think there are other resources that people and other practices that can be put in place that lead towards more effective results than um, starving your body. I don't see what that does for someone's emotional well-being. And there are certain paths that just don't make sense for certain people. And that's why I say do your research. Don't just take things at face value and, and do things just because other people are doing them. You know, you can commit to that difficult riding it out period, but it shouldn't be literally straining you so much to the point where you are like at the brink of, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. This is so difficult. I'm expending all of my resources trying to afford this lifestyle that's not meant for me or whatever. Like, it shouldn't be pushing you to the edge. It should be pushing you slightly out of your comfort zone, but not to the point where it's hurting so much. And that's something for you to decide. Um, and sometimes you don't know whether you're capable of that commitment, you know, and it's important to have good people in your life as far as mentors, if that's what you want, if that's what helps you. If you're not interested in having mentors and you just want to go guided on all of your own decisions, I completely understand that. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, but if you have people that you can kind of bounce ideas off of or you're looking at what's working or what isn't working for you on an objective basis, that can make things a little bit more clear to, um, you know, come to a clear decision about what you actually want. 
The next thing can be like interweaving experiences. You can incorporate past ingredients from your life into your current recipes, even if you're not using that recipe that you used to experience that ingredient with. And it can spice things up a little bit. You know, so maybe you have past experiences from a previous diet. Like I'll use my own example. So I grew up eating um, a lot of Iranian food. So spices that are typically used in Iranian food is a lot of saffron, sumac, dried mint, dill. Um, those are like the main ones that I can really think of. And there's some other ones that I know the Persian names of it, but I don't know what the um, English name of it is. Um, also in, in Iranian desserts, there's a lot of cardamom and rose water, pistachios, things like that. So when I stopped eating like traditional Persian food, you know, I'm not eating chola kebab, um, chicken kebabs, things like this that have a lot of that stuff in it. Um, but there's other ways that I can inc- incorporate those ingredients into whatever I'm eating so I can kind of feel those flavors again. For example, instead of typically like when you're making um, different types of kebabs or you're using saffron for rice or something, you know, you, which as a vegan, I could typically technically eat rice. I don't eat rice, but if I wanted to, I could, but it's one of those ingredients I actually was able to incorporate it into another recipe where it really allowed me to enjoy that ingredient in a like a raw vegan way. So one of the things that I made was a mango salsa that was had mangoes, like champagne mangoes, shallot, fresh mint, cucumber, avocado, lemon juice, and I like mixed that all up. And then I also put some saffron threads in there. So it kind of perfumed everything and gave it like that a little extra bit of flavor. I might put a little bit of like salt in there just to like balance it out. And then I served that in little endive spears, like in little cups as an appetizer and was able to really enjoy that. And It was something I was able to share with other people and I was able to enjoy that same saffron taste because saffron's not something that you just eat on its own. You like usually incorporate it into a recipe. So, but it was something that when I smell saffron, when I'm around it, when I taste it, it brings me back to my childhood because that's like what I had so much growing up. But this is something that can also be taken into other experiences in your life. Maybe you traveled somewhere with someone that you used to love or maybe a past family member or something and maybe they're not in your life anymore but you can also share that experience with another person or another friend and you can kind of interweave that experience and even elevate it if that's possible you don't have to be like oh I only experienced this with this one person I'm never going to experience it with anybody again and I can't experience it even on my own if I want to it's like yeah maybe you can go someplace where you know, and I, I hear this from people that are widowed or widowed um, widowers that they're like, oh, I only did this with my husband or I only did this with my wife or, you know, there's certain areas that you just don't go anymore. And I think if it makes you feel more comfortable to not do those things and to commit to that decision to not incorporate that into your life, that's fine. But I think there's nothing wrong with being open-minded to making that change and be like, 
wow, maybe this is something that I always used to do by myself or I always used to do this with another person. Maybe I can open my mind up to experiencing that, you know, for a change with another person or on my own or even with a group of people. So that will just kind of hopefully elevate whatever the experience it is. Maybe it won't elevate it. (laughs) I know that I've had that experience too where there are certain things that are just better to be experienced on your own and or maybe that person that you wanted to share that experience with is like really not into it. That's fine too. You know, that's a part of kind of getting to know what people's preferences are. Um, and, you know, at the very least, you gain experience and keep it moving. So you don't necessarily have to let go of all those pieces of your past because sometimes when you are committing to a decision, you are making that change you know, just because I decided to make a dietary decision doesn't mean that I have to cut everything out of my past. I can still experience those those flavors and those recipes in different ways um, and be open-minded to other things. But it doesn't mean that I have to limit myself and completely feel severed from that because I feel like that's something people get really scared of when it comes to change. They're like that fear of having to let go. So, um if you've ever done any type of high lining or tightrope walking or like, or if you're zip lining, <laughs> that can be really freaky for some people to just be up there and you're like, oh no, I don't want to let go. But like when you let go, it's so fun and you're flying through whatever environment you're in and the wind's blowing on your face and you're laughing and you'll live like you're not going to die, you know. Hopefully all the safety locks are in place, etc. But you have to let go sometimes in life and just feel that release of flying through the next experience that you're going to experience. Now, one thing I do want to touch on is that I feel like your, your main mental diet should consist of hope, happiness, love, belief in yourself, and the determination to overcome any obstacles you face. When you are making a commitment to change, that is really, really paramount in creating that change long term because there are going to be times where your hope is shaken, where your happiness is not always at the highest level, where you might really not love the person that you're around. Um you might not have that belief in yourself sometimes that can waver and you may feel defeated in your determination to overcome the obstacles that are before you. But those things can really make a difference between the success of something working out or being able to figure something out or finding a different solution if that may be necessary versus giving up altogether or going into patterns of self-harm or questioning yourself and and really not getting what you need to done. So I'm going to run through some questions that you can ask yourself and you can even pause in between if you want to think about these things for whatever area you have in your life. You can write them down and maybe write your answer underneath on a journal or a paper or anything that you want to. There's just some things to think about. So before you make any decision to commit to something, ask yourself, 
Have you resolved your major relationship attachments or dilemmas from your past? Have you healed the things that really hurt you? Are you aware of those things? And are you able to communicate that to another person? Are you aware of your emotional triggers as well as how to calm your reactivity? Do you know what places, what times of the month, what environments, what things make you more sensitive or reactive? And do you know how to check yourself before you get out of line? and inform somebody else about how they might be able to help you during those times. Do you have the ability to present who you are and who you are wanting to become openly and honestly? Are you able to discuss things from your past that may have really changed you for better or for worse? Are you able to move forward not feeling like you have to mask or lie about things or manipulate another person into being attracted to you and just be honestly yourself, vulnerable in that, content with where you're at and at peace? Are you ready to give up freedom of continuing to experience other types of foods, relationships, whatever it is? Are you open to not having the things that you used to have? Do you see the benefit in committing to whatever you're wanting to commit to? Are you aware and accepting of your current struggles, limitations, boundaries, And are you able to share these openly with another person? Are you also open to being flexible with certain things? Or are there certain things that you are absolutely drawing a hard line, not going to happen? Do you personally believe in your ability to stay the course even if there are unexpected challenges? Are you able to think about some of the unexpected challenges that may come up? Are you able to look at the experience of other people and be like, hmm, how would I handle that if that happened to me? And think critically about those situations. Do you accept and understand that the love and commitment that you need to give to this decision is going to need constant reinvestment of time, energy, resources, and love? If you're developing a self-love practice, which hopefully the changes that you are making are incorporated into investing in some type of a self-love practice or even love for another person or being, is that something that you can give consistent investment to? And at what consistency are you able to do that? Is it something you're able to do daily, hourly? weekly, monthly, yearly, what consistency are you able to keep, if any? What level of permanence are you willing to give this commitment? And be honest with yourself. Do you believe in a great, long-term, lasting, 
process of creating results, whether that be in a relationship, like a long-term relationship, a long-term lifestyle change, a long-term goal or investment plan as far as financial life things are concerned. Do you believe that that's possible? Not everybody has seen that happen or has seen that example take place in their very personal life firsthand. But do you have faith that it is? And are you willing to invest your time in research to figure out what is actually going to work for you? It's not wrong or bad to not be ready as well. I suggest people do the work, put in the time and enjoy the process and challenge yourself along this process of success. You don't need to compare your commitments to another person's commitments. You don't need to compare anything about yourself to another person. And anything that you do, don't do it because you need to impress somebody or you feel like forced or whatever. Allow yourself to really make decisions because you want to make them. And for no other reason than that, take responsibility for that and be gentle with yourself. Something that I keep hearing is to be kind to yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. In the different realms that I'm in, whether it's yoga, vegan stuff, dance, life, hanging with friends, something that's really, really important to keep in mind. Don't take things too hard. Don't be too hard on yourself. And make sure the commitments that you are keeping in your life, that you're doing things for the right reasons, and it's something that you're able to sustain long term. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 